Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to the Ingenuity Show. This is D. Biddy here. And I'm the only one here. So this could get strange. Um, luckily, I have a plethora of Star Wars figures to talk to. Um, this week's big sponsor is brought to you by the new movie Star Walls. It's the story of a plucky anthropomorphized tool named Luke Sky- Screwdriver who meets a Yeti wizard and goes on an adventure to save the universe from Dark Vader. Um, sounds like a movie I'd go see. Um, I guess we'll start with banter, which I'm bantering with myself, which is kind of strange. Um, let's just say that... Uh, let's start with Christmas with Master Zed and Charlie. So, um, a while back, Master Zed sent me a text message floating a thought balloon of, what would you think if uh, we had Christmas here? Would you be interested? And I immediately sent back a, a message that RSVP'd. I said, yes, we'd love to come. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. I wasn't saying that we we're actually doing it, but I think I kind of forced him into it. So I packed up the family um, and put them in the truck and drove south. And got there, I think, yeah, the day before, so Christmas Eve, and we had a great time. So we met some of uh, Charlie's family. Um, they were great. I especially really enjoyed Charlie's grandmother. She was awesome. And we had a white elephant gift exchange. And I ended up with a really sweet excavator. Um, not a real one, uh, a model-sized one. Um, and... It was a lot of fun. We then watched... I guess we didn't watch Die Hard that night. But we had a great dinner, like a South American dinner um, that Master Zed and Charlie spent a lot of time on and it was delicious. So, um, thank you Master Zed and Charlie when you hear this. I do want to apologize for any lack of sound quality. I don't know how to use the, the mixer. So I am recording on my phone on a brand new app that I just downloaded. Um, it actually looks like a little tape deck from the 80s. Um, so there's that. I feel like I'm recording a message to somebody from the 80s. Or possibly a, a space-faring superhero. Um, so I guess uh, with banter over, this could be a really short episode, by the way. Um, oh, I did want to talk about one other thing. So my wife had asked me if we could replace the kitchen floor. It's got some damage because we have a dog that is getting older and um, will usually come and tell you when he has to go to the bathroom outside, but not always. And there's a particular spot in the kitchen where you'd go and the cheap laminate wood flooring we have is buckling and just horrible. So um, she asked if we could uh, replace the floor. And I said, yes. She's like, can we do it over Christmas break? I said, yes. So um, today she called me down um, and said, let's start. So I grabbed my um, crowbar and pulled up all the floor in the kitchen. This involved um, moving the dishwasher and the refrigerator out of the kitchen so we could get all the 
flooring out from underneath it. Uh, we also, I lifted up the um, gas stove a little bit. There were um, some support members that ran from the front to the back that the little um, feet are attached to. And I didn't want to pull that out because it has gas piping. So um, I lifted up the stove just enough that I could pull the existing flooring out from underneath it. Um, and we picked out some flooring way back when, so we took that sample to the local store and uh, picked out some flooring, which we found out um, has to be ordered. So it's not going to be here until next weekend, so I guess I'll be doing that next weekend. Um, so in the meantime, we've already pulled the old floor up. Um, so now the refrigerator's in the dining room. I put the dishwasher back in, which was an adventure. Um, I was able to buy a new um, miter saw with a laser, which is pretty cool. Um, I haven't had one yet, and I've done lots of wood projects that could have needed one. Um, but I finally have one of those, which is great. So back to the dishwasher. When I was removing it, um, there's two wire nuts that hook the power directly to the wall. So there's no like plug-in or anything, which would have been great. Um, so I'm laying on the floor with my head basically on the, the floor. And I can only see what I'm doing with my right eye. Because the left eye is blocked by the bottom of the door. Because I have maybe, I don't know, three inches to work with. Um, so I had the wire nut in my hand and I was trying to um, put it back. So I undid it, disconnected the wires for the dishwasher and went to put it back on the hot wire just to cap it so there wasn't any problem with electricity. And because I didn't have depth perception because I was using one eye, I missed and the tip of my finger hit the live wire and gave me a little bit of a jolt. And yes, I didn't turn the power off. Um, I wouldn't be able to see if I turned the power off. And I wasn't sure which breaker would flip and we'd have to go turn all the computers off because um, we're going to be randomly flipping breakers. So I just said, well, I'm almost here. I'll just do it. So I gave myself this tiny little jolt, like barely. I just crazed it. Um, enough to get my attention. So when I went to put it back in because we need our sink for the week and the drain for the dishwasher ties into the garbage disposal and without that drain hooked up, water could come out of the garbage disposal just under the sink. So I didn't want that. And also the water supply to the dishwasher is off of a three-way um, valve. So in order to turn that valve on, I had to have something hooked to that, that leg of it. So I figured I might as well put the dishwasher back in. We can't be without it for a week. That would suck. So I put that back in. So reinstalling it, I ran into a similar problem with the wire nut and missing, but this time with my left hand, it gave me a pretty or bigger jolt than last time, which you'd think I would learn my lesson, but apparently I haven't. Um, and so I thought, oh, that sucked. So I got the wire nut, got the things better, um, was way more careful in my moving the wire nut towards the wires, and was able to get that on. And as I'm screwing the wire nut on, I looked down and realized that there's blood all over the back of my hand. So when you get electrocuted, your hand instinctively jerks back from the 110 power supply or power wire. And the bottom of the dishwasher is kind of jagged, lots of metal edges. And I happened to flay my finger over open pretty good. Um, or my hand, the back of my hand. 
it's maybe I don't know half inch by three eighths or something and so I don't want to get too graphic but I was able to put a band-aid on it and um, it actually didn't hurt until I put it under the water to clean it um, it was just I couldn't even feel it at all but if I hadn't seen the blood I probably wouldn't have noticed until it finally started hurting um, so lesson out there kitties is if you're playing with um, power disconnect the power get a headlamp have one of your kids hold a flashlight um, you're playing with electricity and it can give you a pretty good jolt um, so there's my um, PSA I guess my public service announcement um, don't do as I do do as I say same thing I tell my kids um, Alright, so let's move on to nerdiculture. That's right, because you only have me, I'm doing everything today. So we'll start with nerdiculture. So I've realized recently that I'm starting to depart from a part of my personality that um, I've been accused of for most of my life, as I like every movie, is what I've been told. And that's true to, to a point. I can enjoy most movies. Um, there's a few, like a civil action that I just despise. Um, I wanted my money back. For the most part, I love movies. Well, in the age of the internet and Twitter and YouTube, there's a lot of critics out there. And if you start thinking about things in that fashion, um, which a lot of people want to do, they like to tear stuff apart because it makes them look like they're paying attention to it, that they're... And I, don't, I mean, there's different ways to be fans of sports. Some like to disparage the team. Some like to follow it and just hope for the best. The same with fans of movies. Some people like to tear them apart. Some people like to pretend that they have more knowledge about um, things like the acting in a movie or um, you know things like that. And sometimes it's hard to tell if someone's acting well. Um, that's another kind of side thing I wanted to talk about. Was some people I feel like want every actor in a movie to be um, like a Gary Oldman, like a, um, they actually have a, a, a name for those types of actors that can just do anything. But that's not always what you need in a movie. Um, for one thing, there's not enough of those actors to go around. Um, there's only one Gary Oldman, and it would be awesome if he could be in every movie, but not every movie only has one character in it. And also sometimes, yes, the person may act the same in every movie they're in, but sometimes that's what the movie wants for their character. And sometimes the producer or the director will tell an actor to portray the character in a certain way that some people will then believe to be bad acting. When it could be a difference in direction or how they actually want the character to come off. Um, so anyways, I've been thinking way too deeply about tearing movies apart. And a lot of it has to do with modern political injection of things in there. Um, and then... I'm kind of rambling here, but hopefully this comes off okay. Um, listening to George Lucas recently talking about his Star Wars films and how they're made for children, is what he said. Now, I'm not sure that they're exactly for children. I mean, people are getting limbs hacked off left and right. There's, um, you know, an evil Darth Vader that's choking people to death. Um, stuff like that. I mean, it doesn't seem like a kid's movie, but... I like to think that he's saying a childlike wonder movie where it's 
just magic happening on the screen. You know, you've got magicians, wizards, you know, the Jedi. Um, you've got good versus evil in very um, distinct ways. There's not a lot of gray area. The grayest area you might have is Han Solo. And even he has um, valid justification for things he's doing. You know, he has to pay off a bounty hunter or he's going to be tracked down and we find out what happens later when he doesn't pay off the bounty hunter. Um, but I'm, myself, and I'm not trying to say to anyone that you need to change how you're viewing movies or really critique movies. For myself, I'm trying to recapture my enjoyment of movies. I'm not a film critic. I don't necessarily like films. I like movies. I like going to a movie. I like suspending my disbelief. I like buying into the character. I like thinking about what I would do in the character's shoes, whether I agree or disagree. Um, but it's this kind of type of thought that I brought with me when I went and saw with my family, um, finally, what, yesterday, Star Wars Episode Nine. And I'm not sure if it's because of this or if it was just a better movie. I love this movie. I think it fits in well with the Star Wars universe. In fact, to the point that I actually had this thought occurred to me, which I put on on Facebook, um, that it reminds me kind of of the redemption story of Darth Vader, where he's kind of bad, and then at the very last moment he saves himself by um, rescuing his son Luke. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen those movies, I apologize. Um, I'm not sure why you're listening to this podcast if you haven't watched Star Wars yet. Um, but in that way, I think this movie, Star Wars Episode Nine, has redeemed the trilogy of Seven, Eight, and Nine. Um, I liked how it tied everything up. And it didn't tie everything up. There's actually some stuff that left untied, which is fine. I have a good imagination. I can imagine what how those things would be um, concluded after this movie. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the movie because it's still a lot of people probably haven't seen it yet or whatever. But I, I love this movie. Um, it, it feels like a Star Wars movie to me, which is good. And it's one that even a day later, when all the you know fantastic special effects haven't have worn off, I still like the direction it went with the character development and how everything ended. Um, I think they did a great job. Um, good job, J.J. Abrams. Um, and the third thing I want to talk about Star Wars is The Mandalorian. So the final episode came out, and I watched that, and... I've told some people that The Mandalorian, in my eyes, is pretty high up there in my favorite Star Wars list. Um, I think the original trilogy stands probably as untouchable as far as, um, you know, hierarchical lists of my favorites. But Mandalorian is right up there with, like, Rogue One to me. Um, the And it's fresh. There's so much... And it's probably John Favreau having to do with it, and a lot of the people they're bringing in. Which, if this is this movie and this TV show, or how Disney are taking Star Wars, I'll be happy. Um, there's just the dialogue and banter between um, characters is more down to earth because we're dealing with you know not the high Jedi and you know you know the rulers of the universe or whatever. We're dealing with you know a smaller bounty hunter and his friends. Um, and I really enjoy the way they do that. So that's technology or tech or nerdiculture. I'm sorry. Now I'm moving on to technology, 
I just love making it difficult for um, St. Jimmy to try to cut these together, which I guess he's not doing this, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to supply him the full file and hope he can upload it. Speaking of which, let me check and see I'm still recording. I am. Excellent. So for or technology, so a lot of the infrastructure, power infrastructure of our country, the great United States of America, relies on nuclear power. Unfortunately, most of this nuclear power is built 40 plus years ago. Um, I think recently they've only had two new reactors that have been under construction. And um, one of those, what was completed recently in 2016, was actually started in 1973. So it takes a while to get through all the red tape and a lot of the things that um, safety precautions and locations that have to be at least 10 miles away from population all those things um, cause nuclear power, even though it's one of the best renewable sources of energy, in fact, I think it's the best one we have, um, causes it to be not feasible in our country right now, which is annoying to me. Um, but a new Oregon energy startup company called New Scale Power is looking to change that. Um, apparently, in a technology lab at Oregon State University, um, they're, they think they have a solution to our nuclear power issue, and that is a modular nuclear power reactor that is 100, 100th the size of a traditional reactor and is far safer. Um, this allows you to not have a one-side, you know, oversized huge nuclear power plant for a small power base, but depending on the size of the power base or people that need power, you could have scalable. So you'd have these nuclear reactor um, plants that are a lot smaller. In fact, I think the size it says was about two school buses end to end, which seems pretty big, but um, it's all self-contained. So then you wouldn't have to deal with the huge gigantic infrastructure, which is a hundred times bigger than that. Um, so if they can demonstrate how much safer it is than um, our old 60s and 70s reactors, then it's feasible that uh, a lot of the regulators can start pulling back or even sunsetting some of the existing requirements for nuclear power plants. And we could get them so the, you know, the cost of lines, to, you know, the transmission lines to get to the city um, would be decreased. You can not have as much cost, you know, in wiring and roads and access and getting your employees to and from the power plant. Um, and they're not small enough that you could use them for a house or whatever, but you could definitely use them for a, a you know, one per city instead of one for a huge area and get them closer to the city. Um, because they're smaller, you can actually add a little bit more safety precautions in there and shielding and things. So... Let's hope they get that done. Good job, Oregon State University. Go Beebs. All right, let's move in right along. This is going to be a short episode because there's no one to interrupt me except for myself, which I might interrupt myself occasionally because I'm kind of, I am the entropist after all, so I have to make a chaotic podcast. Um, we're on to consumption. <coughs> that was a weak consumption, but I could probably get one of my kids in. A couple of them have been sick. 
So for consumption, I mentioned earlier that um, Die Hard was happened. So I had we my wife and I had watched um, movies that made us. I think it's about movies from the '80s, and one the first episode is about Die Hard. So after I watched that with my wife, she wanted to see it, and I'm not sure she'd ever seen it before. I don't know. Um, so we got to Master Zed's house, and we, I mentioned that we thought about watching, and they're like, "Oh, good, because that's one of our Star Wars or Christmas Star Wars." <laughs> Very funny. That was one of our Christmas things we like to do. So excellent. Um, I think Master Zed had a collection of all four movies. So on Christmas, we watched Die Hard 1 and 2. Um, great movies. I love them. Um, so we watched those. Those are oldies but goodies. I had a lot of thoughts to interject because I'd watched this how movies that made us just like a behind-the-scenes thing. So I, I learned a couple tidbits I can share. Um, like when they drop Hans off the building, they kind of had an agreement. I mean, this was just between the director and like one of the stunt coordinator guys. So he was going to do this stunt where they're going to drop him um, like 40 feet into an airbag. They had him all rigged up with a rope so they could get the shot set and so they could let him go. And they said, we're going to let you go on three. Well, the stunt guy let it go on two. So it was a second early and he wasn't expecting it. So that look on his face is his actual shock and horror of actually being dropped. And when asked about it, he's like, well, he survived without injury. And uh, Alan Rickman, when they asked him about it, said that they had made sure that was his last scene that he shot, which I thought was funny. That way, if they killed him or if he quit, they would have all of his scenes done, which is good producing. And I mentioned I saw Star Wars Episode Nine. Everyone in my family loved it. Um, it was a good time. We got... It took a while to see it because I didn't buy tickets early enough, so by the time I got to the theater we wanted with the seats we wanted, it didn't happen till yesterday, which was Friday. So I'd been out for a whole week. I know. Horrible. Um, then, starting last night, I'm most of the way through Lost in Space Season 2, which is epic. I like it. I couldn't remember most of Season 1, so I definitely watched the really long What Happened Last Season part of the first episode um, and while I was looking for something else on Netflix I noticed that there is a Fast and the Furious cartoon now that looks like it's for youth age 7 um, so it's probably not in my wheelhouse pun intended but I might check it out anyways because it's Fast and Furious and I love those movies um, so there we go that's my consumption I guess uh, Pold and St. Jimmy will have to talk about theirs when they get back um, for my nerd cred, I'm going to talk about some Dungeons and Dragons, which is one of my typical nerd creds, you've noticed, probably. Um, so I played a game with my, we've called him my middle-aged son, but he's my the middle of my children as far as ages. He's not middle-aged by any stretch, because I'm not that old. I'm probably middle-aged, I guess. Anyway, he uh, DM'd for my youngest son, and one of my middle son's friends um, I wanted to play so I told my middle son you're going to DM, go prepare something we're going to have like bounty hunters so give us options for bounties he's like okay great so he goes away and two hours later he comes back and says okay I'm ready so it was just going to be me and my youngest son but he called 
his son, his friend that's back from college, and he came over and we created some character for him and um, we had a great time. We played. We helped a wizard move a floating island that had an obelisk obelisk on it that we weren't supposed to touch, which we didn't, though I still want to. Um, we stopped a druid that was kidnapping people's pets, trying to rescue them. Um, we had a great time. Um, so, and then, so tonight, my son was like, we should play that again. I was like, okay. So he called his friend, and I told my son, tell your friend to ask his dad, who I'm, I'm friends with, um, if he wants to come play. I was joking mostly because I didn't think that he would come. Um, but he did come and brought one of his friends with him. So there was my son who's DMing. My youngest son didn't play. He said his thinks his character was annoying. Um, and he had, a, he had a friend over anyway, so he, he was playing computer. So it was my son's friend, I, my son's friend's dad, and his friend. So there was four people playing. Two of them were brand new, had never played before. Um, so my son had gone over to their house and um, created characters with them. I think we had a human barbarian and a human rogue, I think. Um, and they came over and we played. We had a great time. And I was just going to tell one of the stories. So one of the things we had, there was a guy named Roland who had his wedding ring, or his grandmother's ring, that he was going to give to his bride-to-be for their wedding ring, stolen by the Thieves' Guild. So we tracked them down to where they were, and we had this great plan going in. I was, I'm a sorcerer, so I was going to... Uh, cast prestidigitation on something else and make it look like the wedding ring and then our rogue was going to talk to the thieves guild that had it and he was going to get the ring to look at it to see if he wanted to buy it and with a sleight of hand he was going to change it out for my magically um, modified ring to look like that one and he was going to pocket the real one and then we we're going to, he's going to hand the ring back it's like oh, never mind we're not going to take that one we're going to get out of there, and we're going to get our thousand gold pieces for retrieving this ring. It's going to be great. Until the Thieves Guild guy wouldn't let anyone but, um, I think his character's name was Dirk, who was our rogue, into the room. Um, luckily, I, as a sorcerer, have a second level spell of invisibility. And our barbarian had procured earlier an invisibility potion. So he took his potion, I made myself invisible, and we went with him down to meet with this thief. Um, we ended up in a back room with just the thief, Dirk. Um, I can't remember what Gershian, maybe was the barbarian, and my character, who is Kaikoa, were both invisible in the small room. So I realized at this point, and you might hear some background yelling from the kids, um, I realized at this point that I changed whatever it was into a ring, but I didn't necessarily change it into the ring that we were going to try to swap it for. So I had to cast a spell. And if you don't know anything about D&D, if you're invisible, invisible by a spell and you cast another spell or attack somebody, your invisibility is over. It's ended. So I cast Prestidigitation again after arranging myself behind the thief hoping that I could make change the ring, I would be not invisible, but 
I would be stealthy enough that the guy wouldn't notice I was now standing behind him, which I'm a seven foot nine bugbear sorcerer, so why I thought that would work, I don't know. And I rolled horribly, and he immediately noticed what was happening. And he freaked out, so I freaked out, and I cast a spell called Magic Missile. And I cast it at second level, which gave me four d4 dice. So d4 is a four-sided dice. So the options are one, two, three, or four. So I rolled four of those, and I rolled a four, a four, a four, and a three. So I did a massive amount of damage to him with the second level spell, um, knocking him down. Well, he didn't die, but Dirk was able to convince him that he should give us the ring and we'd let him live, which is great until my character, if it sees something of value, wants it. And there was a chest in there, so we got into the chest, we started taking stuff, not remembering on my part that this thief was still alive, and he said something to me, and so I magic missile him again, killing him. So at that point, I switched cloaks with the dead thief, and we hightailed it out of there, and I rolled a 19 with my plus 3 modifier to get a 23, which was enough to me for me to convince people that I was leaving the bar, that I was the thief in the cloak, even though I was probably three feet taller than him and we got out and we gave the ring back and we got our thousand gold and everything was hunky-dory so that's my technology and we're still recording good all right I don't think I have any comments I don't know how to check for comments I'm on the Facebook page I don't see any comments but there was a poll I was going to talk about the poll as soon as I can get the computer to behave. All right, here we go. So the poll that was put up was still loading. All right, here it goes. Do you think there's intelligent life elsewhere in the universe? So the first one is a picture of Alf drinking a soda, thinking about it and saying, nah. And another one is those two Muppets there's a red one and a blue one, and they have the mouths to open up and down. They say, yip, 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 yip. So, yes or no? So far, it's 18% nah and 82% yep. So, let's see who voted for which. Oh, in the no category is our friend Rob and my sister Shayla. In the yep, we got me, Pold, St. Jimmy, my sister Rachel. Colleen, Neil Orange Peel, um, and a couple other people. Excellent. So, 82%. We're killing it. Good job. And no one made a comment on the poll, which I think you can answer it and make a comment, but no one has. Too bad. Oh, I have a notification. Maybe it's that. That's it. Do, 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 do. Nope. All right. Let me get back to the show page. Soap notes. All right. Well, it looks like we're to the end of the show. Um, I'm not sure how long it's been going because there's a old school counter on this recorder. Hopefully this works. Otherwise, I've just talked to myself for however long. So if you want to contact us, send an email to ingenuityshow at gmail.com where you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher radio app or at theingenuityshow.com. Buy a t-shirt! 
Oh, and if you listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, give us a thumbs up or a like or whatever you do on there. Also, like our Facebook page. And if you send us a message on Twitter, which I didn't check, uh, we will respond to it if you are directing it to us. Um, keep an eye out for polls. I'm not sure when our next poll will be. Maybe I'll put one up. Um, but I guess that's it. You have been and always shall be my friends. All right, now's the after show part, and this is just the part where I try to unlock my phone. We're still recording and try to hopefully hit stop and save. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.